I didn't use social media before, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I didn't use it at all and I, f I felt good about it. I have a lot of followers and it's fine. It's okay. It's like, I had a point where I was like, I don't even know these 10,000 people. Like, why do I have it? I went to a manicure, pedicure and the lady there, she asked me, do you have Instagram? And everyone was asking for Instagram and it felt like they, they tried to decide whether to talk to me or not. So they wanted to look at Instagram first and then kind of decide about my social value or something. Like LA, New York, Chicago, Dallas, the bigger cities. LA is horrible. People won't even like look at you if you don't have 250,000 followers. I have one picture with a Ferrari and like the reactions comments wise and um, likewise, they are like, triple the normal rate easily right. if not quadruple or so it's just how people respond but however i think it's more important to think about what kind of image you want to project i went to a random nightclub not even one of the famous ones i saw five lamborghinis in front of it like right in front of it the funny thing is that's what you would think but they're probably leased they're probably rented they want to give that that like look of like i got all this money when it's really kind of fake like a lot of like big like rap stars they lease their maybacks they lease their because they can't buy it and it is they need that to floss they need it to look cool it's to uphold their image as a serial entrepreneur i'm always trying to evolve having great conversations with other high performers is one of the best ways to grow not only in business but also in spirit health and relationships this is svencast listen grow repeat I've been watching this show called Queen of the South. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's about this Mexican Latina. She's kind of in the streets handling money in Mexico and becomes a drug mule in Dallas working for this huge drug cartel lady. Long story short, she ends up building her own drug cartel and she meets this guy from Chicago and they're kind of battling over Chicago. And because of social media, she went on his profile found his sister, found his mom, kidnapped the mom, had her at gunpoint and like FaceTime the guy. Like, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill your mom. And he's like, how the hell did you find her? You know, he's like, I'm not on social media, but like you put the dots together, they found her and bada bing, bada boom. So I think it's just super like, it's crazy. It's, there's so much, too much information out there that people can do bad things with. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I've had a stalker. Like, I'm scared really? sometimes of posting. I, mean, I, think, I think all girls, too, I hate to admit it, because I think all girls, whenever we meet a guy or a new friend, the, what's the first thing we do? We go on social, we're like, let me go see him on Facebook. Like, we'll be talking about yeah. someone, like, someone's already pulling up their page, like, oh, let me see. Oh, do you know? Like, so it's just, we have so much access that that's it's almost a bad thing. Like we say, like, it's great because you get to see into people's lives, but it's bad, too, because you get to see into people's lives and if you're not careful and it falls into the wrong hands, like Iman mentioned, or even like you've said, like that could be really dangerous for everybody, you know? Wow. So, and then I deleted, I, so I, I have a lot of followers for yeah. a lot of reasons and it's oh, great. Wow. It's fine. It's okay. It's like, I had a point where I was like, I don't even know these 10,000 people. Like, why do I have it? I deleted, I made a new Instagram and then it was like, shoot. Like I kind of need those followers for like other things. So I went back and I went back to the other one, but I recently deleted my social media for like a few days and I went to go make an appointment, like a hair appointment. I have to do it mm -hmm. on Instagram. Everything what? is on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to go to my hairdresser's page, click the link in her bio, schedule my appointment. 
and I deleted my social media. I needed a break. And then I can't do anything. I can't, I want to look up a restaurant that I saved. It's saved on my Instagram. I want to schedule an appointment. It's on Instagram. Like everything is so reliant on social media that even if you try to get out of it, like you get yeah. sucked back in. I feel strongly about it. <laughs> it's like, damn yeah, it, so, you, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I used to think about it like as really, you know, I, 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 I didn't use social media before. I think it was 2017 or 2018. I didn't use it at all. And I, f I felt good about it. You know, I was like, Hey, um, I'm not using it and everybody is wasting their time. So I'm the only one not wasting my time. I'm amazing. But yeah. when I, you know, I, I, I started, uh, I started to, to, uh, attend, um, music festivals in the U S and in the U S the world was very different. It was like, you know, I went to some, to a manicure, pedicure and the lady there, she asked me, Oh, um, do you have Instagram? And everyone was asking for Instagram because before, and it felt like before there were, you know, they, they tried to decide whether to talk to me or not. So they wanted to look at Instagram first and then kind of decide about my social value or something and then uh, make a decision. It's more like that. I feel like LA, New York, Chicago, Dallas, the bigger cities, LA is horrible. Like people won't even like look at you if you don't have 250,000 followers. You know what I mean? So the bigger cities mm. you're in, Huh? That's crazy. That's just so no, crazy. That plays more like a, that Black Mirror episode I was talking about. I don't know if you guys have seen Black Mirror um, uh, episode. Specifically. Have you seen the one? It was an artist from the 90s. Her name was Vitamin C. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. That's I'm totally dating myself. But the whole premise of the entire episode was that you rate people. Like you see, like if I saw you on the street, yeah. and you, I'd give you five stars, like Uber. Yeah. And if you got oh. two stars, it would lower your ranking. And if you were under like a three or something, you couldn't rent a car. Or you had to sit in the house. Of the yeah. You tried to rent house and couldn't, and then try to buy, get on the plane. But the security yeah. guard was like, your rating is low. You're only a four. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly that's yeah. where we're at. Like, we're not that far away. We're like a couple steps away from that kind of society. It's just, but then at the same time, I love Instagram. I love it. I love, I'm, I'm cruising. I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm scrolling. I'm a sucker for the ads and the, stuff to buy like i'm totally yeah. the target demo like yeah i click on it, all the things it's a double-edged sword for sure there's a lot of good that come and it depends kind of like i follow a lot of like, good accounts like health tips you know positive mindset quotes yoga like a lot like i follow a lot of health conscious accounts and so like it kind of pushes me to like do better things but then i'm also following models that are like 30 mm. pounds lighter than me that have perfect skin, perfect body. And I'm like, cool. Like, why don't I look like that? But it's so like, they don't even look like that in real life. Yeah, and those are it screws it up yeah. because Iman is gorgeous. Anyone that's going to watch this will like, admit Iman is gorgeous. But if, when she's comparing herself to these models that are meant to look like that, of course you're going to feel not pretty and you shouldn't. I mean, like it's just, it's crazy. There was actually a point in my life where I deleted Facebook because I was getting the I don't know if FOMO is the right word, fear of missing out, but I was that keeping up with the Joneses where I would see somebody else, like they bought their first house or they got married or had their first baby. And I would feel bad about myself rather than being like, oh, that's really great and good for them. I would instantly feel like, well, why don't I have that? 
And yeah. so I, I literally had to step away and I deleted it off my phone. So I just couldn't have it. I had to take it away from myself because I knew if I could get to it quickly, I would just get into it. Because um, I it was lowering my my self value of my own self, my how I identified. I was and, and how my- how did it work for you to stop using it? What happened? It It worked really well. The first couple of days were hard. The first, it's like any, it's like any addiction. I hate, like I've never been a cigarette smoker, but I can imagine like if you stop smoking cigarettes, oh, it's you want it, you just want it and you're used to it. Like The chemicals in your brain that release, when you refresh and swipe down and it refreshes the same like release of hormones and everything is the same. Yeah. 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 Hormones. Yeah. I'm talking about hormones because I'm hormones all over the place right now. <laughs> No, but it's totally true. It's that same sort of like you get you get a rush. It's a high. You get a high off of it, which is crazy. A screen, a little screen, gives you a high. But yeah, no, I felt a lot better. I quit like ranking myself amongst my friends and just looked at myself and was grateful for the things I already had. And that's when I really noticed like things going good for me. Is that I, instead of me so focused on what other people had that I didn't have, I had to look at what I did have. It's that whole, um, you know, gratitude and be thankful for the things you have and don't want for the things you don't have. Go yeah. get more of that. It's the secret, right? You, you, um, you're manifesting the things that you want, you have, you, you're holding that here. And so once I kind of got out of my head, social, like social wise, yeah. And now I enjoy Facebook just to like, enjoy it. Like, oh, it's cool. Like, it's, oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a tool and it, and it, um, you can't really remove it out of your reality unless you're like, you know, you're going to live in the woods or so. Yeah. It's, it's a tool and it just like alcohol, it can make you, it, yeah, can make you, uh, addicted. But yeah, I think, yeah, what I hate about it is that it's so addictive that you, you know, automatically start looking at it and the whole, all day long and uh, first thing in the morning and stuff like that. Um, but what I like about it is it's, it's really, you, you can distribute your story everywhere. Like, you know, you can, you can start a big business just doing that at the same time. And you, and you can control the image of yourself. Right. If you, if you think, if you think a little bit about your strategy, what you want to achieve with this. So I, I personally made a conscious decision to uh, start using social media because I did, I don't really see an alternative because um, ultimately people are going to be more interested in um, having like, you know, in looking at your pictures and, and watching some videos as opposed to, for example, pure text. Right. Pure text is also, you could write, you could write a blog that, that's text-based. That's nice. However, I think if you want to grow a company, then you kind of you kind of need social media so that people can get to know you and right. can start to trust you and can develop that rapport that otherwise you would only develop if you were uh, dealing with uh, you know with each other in person right. and there's no way that you can like have phone calls or video calls with everyone so um this is the right marketing tool at the same time i feel sorry for let's say private persons who use Instagram because especially if they just, you know, waste a ton of time there, a ton of lifetime, they could experience something real, you know, they could go out uh, into nature. And I, th I think you're doing that a lot. I mean, both of you. And, yeah. um, and I think if people get lost just looking at Instagram all day long, that's, that's really terrible. Um, but at the same time, it, 
gives a lot of business opportunities and it gives new ways uh, to, to do business. And um, yeah, and one of the reason one of the reasons um, for doing this podcast is actually social media because I was des you know I was so desperately trying to figure out like how can I come up with content, please. Any, any idea? I, I, you know, I kept searching for content strategy and I was like, how can I create content? How can I do this? Yeah. Um, what would be interesting? And I, and I went crazy because I was never pleased with anything because the, I, at first I thought, okay, let's, let's do something about marketing. And then, then I figured, okay, there's a, already a lot of good marketing podcasts and marketing information out there. So why would we need new ones? And basically about all, pretty much every topic, but um, yeah. I think it's the combination, you know, like with me, I'm interested in um, philosophy, sports, biohacking, um, strategy, um, you know, brain function, medicine, uh, business, and that, and this is all like, I'm all about getting better at stuff and sure. uh, having more fun and having a better quality of life and all that, this thing. And in combination, this is now my new content strategy. This is our content strategy yeah. to to yeah. just uh, present ourselves with our, you know, with our real interests, interests be authentic and, and do yeah. it in a form where we create value for the audience and for other people. And if then they watch a video of us and if they like it, for example, this conversation, uh, anyone who's interested in a job with, with us, with our company, Digistore, um, they can see us interact and they can figure out like how do, how does it feel to be part of that team? Yeah, I think sure. the best content comes when it's not forced. I mean, the best conversations come when you're not a robot and you're not, you know, like, oh, hi. <laughs> when you're your authentic self, people can really feel that. They feel authenticity. They feel when people are being genuine, when they're down to earth, when they, people can feel when they're being fake as well. So I think this is the best kind of format. People really want to get to know you and Iman and myself this is just this is how we are we're just right. people so that, a conversation like i would talk to iman and you the same way i'm talking right now i talk to you know any stranger the same way i'm talking right now yep no i totally agree i think also darcy uh so you know the call that darcy and i do bi-weekly so we talked about pre-recording it we talked about a bunch of different ways to do it and we're like we're just gonna do it live if we mess up like whatever like we're human like we're not perfect and we kind of want to give that genuine side of us to our audience. It's not fair for them to get this like, hi, hi I'm everything you know, is perfect. It so, wasn't perfect yeah. yesterday and we pivoted very quickly and that's how you do it in real life. So that's how yeah. we do it. Had a huge tech meltdown yesterday. Well, we, we pivoted and it was awesome. But, and the, but people the that meltdown there, was not caused by Digistore. No. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's important for the audience. <laughs> No, it was a third-party tool that we use for our webinar. It was completely, <laughs> it was not DigiSort related. DigiSort is not, no. It's very solid. It's very reliable. Very solid. It's very advanced. Yeah, it, very it has bugs, but it's, um, it's solid. It's very There's nice. No downtime like what we experienced yesterday with this other outside. Or before I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you just talked about social media. I, I never felt like I understood it. And I think there's a lot of, you know, um, things that contradict themselves. Um, for example, I'm supposed to have 200,000 followers. 
I don't, I don't have 200,000 followers. I, I don't have, I don't have many followers. I have like something, I think 15,000 or so. So really a little following, especially regarding the fact that I built this big company and it's international. However, my following is small and um, it's just the way it is. And I'm not, you know, and I don't really know how to grow that. Like without being on it 24 mm seven, -hmm. do you have any, any thoughts about that? Like how could I improve I here? Think the best way is just collaborations with other big companies or people just collaborating with people kind of like what we're doing. Like, let's say after this, I post it on my story and you might get 50 followers or Darcy posts it. You might get five. If you do something with someone that has 500,000 followers Uh, and it's like, they see how cool you are and they want to learn more about you. They're going to go check you out naturally and follow you. Like it, it has to be organic. The only way you're going to get, you can buy followers. You can buy a hundred thousand followers for like yeah. 50 bucks, but they're bots. And that's at the yeah. end of the day, you're not going to get genuine interactions with that. And that's what you want. So you can have a million followers and like only know 20 of them. It doesn't make sense. I think the best way is doing a lot of collaborations with like-minded people, companies. Um, I, I think what you're doing now is great. I mean, I see, I mean, I follow you. I see you. I see you in the Rolls Royce with the, mm -hmm. with the top <laughs> stuff. Like people love that. And then I'm sure they repost it and people see, and you just gotta keep doing it. And it takes time. Yeah. You don't do it overnight. It's like trying to get famous overnight. It doesn't happen like that. It takes time. Yeah, the Rolls Royce thing is like you know here um, where I'm where I'm from from Germany. In Germany, people are not used to Rolls Royces, even like successful people, because the streets they're so small you cannot really drive that here. I mean, yeah. every now and then there is someone you know driving a Rolls Royce, but but it's very rare. So um, I I try to figure out you know I wanted to do interviews with with vendors with people selling stuff on our platform. And um, I was trying to figure out how to do something special for them. So mm -hmm. what could be special for them? You know, like something, you know, if, if I would come with a Mercedes, that would be not even noticed because yeah. it's so common, you know, mm -hmm. like Germany luxury car, German luxury cars. That's not a, that's not something special. That's not anything yeah. special. So I, I figured like Dutan, like a, a colleague, he came up with, hey, why don't you do this format? And I forgot, I forgot the name of the original format was where like there is a guy, he interviews people and he kind of comes up with special cars that match the interest of this person. However, I'm a terrible multitasker, I'm <laughs> terrible at it. I could not drive a car and interview people. You know, I would be just, you know, If the car doesn't move, okay, why not? But I thought that that would be a shitty picture. Why not come with a Rolls Royce and we, we were really comfortable. We have some space and we have some uh, possibilities for camera angles, for different camera angles, and it will be all fun. And all the vendors, so 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 far we um, visited two and did two Rolls Royce interviews and they were like, oh, that's amazing. And they were really, you know, you could see... You know, dopamine coming out yeah, of their brains. Yeah. So they were like, they would light up and they were lit, you know? They were, yeah. Cool. Yeah. They were lit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rolls Royce is pretty, I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't see that every day in Europe. No. I mean, no. it's just, no. 
every day. I mean, if someone pulled sure. up the Rolls Royce, you'd be like, okay. Same with the Bentley. You'd be like, I clearly want to, wanted to make the point that this is for the vendor. Yeah. This is for honoring the guest, the, the, the guy I'm interviewing, I'm having the conversation with. This right. is not me bragging. So because yeah. in the whole, whole storyline for a business, it's very important that the, the client, the customer is the hero and not the, oh, yeah. not, not, not the company. So many, yeah. too many companies are trying to make themselves look too cool and too good and they're all about themselves. And I think we're more successful if we put our client first oh, in that yeah. whole storyline of... And you can tell, I mean, I've seen some of those shots and you can tell it's very like, it's all about the client. Like we yeah. appreciate you. This is for you. Like, yeah. I never, I suck. This is all about you. Like, <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. it's good. It's cool. And um, people, like I said, people can pick up on that. People yeah. know. People can, people have intuition and they can tell. But um, I think once you're like, I mean, if you had your face on the Rolls Royce and like Sven car, I mean, I, I can totally understand each and everyone who, who likes, you know, who, who does that. And I also, I see like that if you're posting cars like that, you'll get a lot more reactions. I like a lot more. I like it's, 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 I, I, I tested it, you know? I, I, I have one picture with a Ferrari and like the reactions comments wise and um, likewise, they're like triple the normal rate easily, right. if not quadruple or so. It's, it's, just, it's just how people respond. But however, I think it's more important to think about what kind of image you want to project and, and you can't do that all the time. I mean, for me, just, okay, I'm, I'm European. So in Europe, it's, it's not the most common thing to do. Yeah. Whereas when you, I, every time I go to Miami, I'm sorry. Every time I go to Miami, I see it like all over the place and everyone, yeah. I'm, I, I felt like, I felt almost stupid. Like, oh, <laughs> just Lamborghini. It's like a Toyota Corolla in Miami. There's everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. you go to a club. I, I went to, to some ni random nightclub, not even one of the famous ones, not, not story or <laughs> live or just a random nightclub. I saw five Lamborghinis in front of it, like right in front of it. I was like, oh, yeah. oh they seem yeah, to have yeah. money. No, well, see, the funny thing is, that's what you would think, but they're probably leased, they're probably rented. They want to give that, that like look of like, I've got all this money when it's really kind of fake. Like a lot of like big like rap stars, they lease their Maybachs. They lease there because they can't buy it. And it is, they need that to floss. They need yeah. it to look cool. It's to uphold their image. And so they're just really trying to really keep their image. And that's actually, that's actually smart. I have to give credit right, to them right, because yeah. if, if you bought something like this, this is a money pit. Yes. You, have to, you know, you, this is like, it's not practical. You can't really do anything with it. Um, you're just taking it to the grocery store is a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's, it actually makes sense to, to rent it. And yeah. the funny thing, the funniest thing I've heard that people rent um, is some people, you know, there is people who rent out a photo shooting time in private jets. Yes, this is, I saw this is that. hilarious. This is hilarious. I saw that. I <laughs> yeah. saw that. So I have a here in Boise and he owns a private jet center and we were gonna all do a photo shoot when the whole Digi team was here. Yeah. We were gonna all I asked him if we could go to the airport hangar and go in front of a private jet and take pictures. And then That's like, cool. 
Yeah, and like it would have been super cool, like walking off the plane, like our yeah. hair blowing, like did yeah. store everything, whatever. Typical Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and- like a month later, I saw the fake like in the private jet like cardboard thing where people go take pictures. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm out here trying to go do the real backdrop. It's like a jet. We can get a backdrop. It looks like we're on a jet the whole uh, time. That'd be awesome. It takes the the way I see Instagram. I just I I just see it as you know like some some piece of art someone paints a picture and shows it to me. I don't I never view it as oh this is this person. This is how this person is. I don't know. Pick a random guy, Dan Bilzerian. I never believed this is his real life. Never. Right. Yeah. For me it was like okay, he paints this picture of a guy being constantly surrounded with uh, 20 women or so in bikinis and that's normal and he, and it's fun for him. I don't, I don't think it's fun. Um, it, it would distract me too much. So I couldn't, I couldn't be a CEO and, and work properly. That, that wouldn't end in. And, and here's a big, here's a public company to run. At least uh-huh. he's, he's supposed to at least. So I think, okay, this is a picture he paints and this is like yeah. this. And, and he, he was also talking about women and he said, you know, literally every woman that's also on Instagram that he meets in real life looks very different from uh, her pictures, yeah. if you compare it with the pictures. So, yeah. so it's just like this little fantasy world, but yeah. it's a world where you can advertise. And other than um, these uh, uh, corporations that you can do, like these collaborations, What else can you do to grow your following um, other than, you know, buying followers? Hang out with 20 naked women and post it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) But this is already taken. What else can I do? I think location too. I don't, and the European market is so different than the U S like European social media is different than the U S. Like if you want to make it big here, like you move to LA or you move to Miami, or you move to Chicago or Dallas. But like me and Boise right now, like I'm in Idaho. I'm in the middle of the U.S. where there's potatoes. Like that's about what it. What does location have to do with it? Because you're surrounded by similar people. Yeah, I think and it's your sphere of influence too. Like whoever that, that kind of like, whoever you can get out to, that's. Yeah, people are driving pickup trucks here. If I go to L.A., people are driving Ferraris. And you know what I mean? So if you're around you become who you're around. That image. I'm hanging around people that have 500,000, a million followers. Everyone around me has that. You're going to pick up on what they're well, doing. You're going to be with them and it just kind of happens. But so strategy-wise, I, I know a girl, she's from uh, Germany and she has about 800,000 or 1 million followers. And uh, she gained them pretty genuinely. And she was one of the first people uh, starting uh, to use Instagram. And uh, she has a big following. I, I think if if you're if you come in late like now, it's very yeah. hard to to do that. And well, yeah. again, I, my following is a lot a lot smaller. And you know, and I could you know I could I could go to any location. You know, I could create any type of image. Um, what what else could I do to um, yeah other than location to to grow it in your opinion? If I knew, I would have done it by now. <laughs> if I knew the secret to doing that, I would have done it. I, I think, so let's say I made Instagram in 2012, 2011, 2012. 
And back then, before I was on Instagram, I was only watching YouTube. Like YouTube, like there was no tomorrow. Makeup tutorials, workout videos, everything. All those girls, and I know one of them, started with like 500 followers, like nothing. But she started growing on YouTube and then like had brands sending her stuff. And like she was posting it and she kept getting free stuff and just posting it, posting it. Then Instagram came. Everyone she had from YouTube, she had about like 20,000 followers on YouTube, jumped with her to Instagram. And I swear it like just took off. And it was in the beginning of it. And I don't know if it's easy to do that now. But everyone that's big now was Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah, they started big. They started on other people. Oh, now. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to make it. (laughs) If you fired up an Instagram account today and tried to like get to that level of followers, like that is hard you probably would have to buy yeah. bots or traffic because it's not, you don't have that kind of organic, like my mom was saying that organic um, reach and people that like, you know, that want to connect with you. I think authenticity is a big one too. I think like what she was mm. saying, people, people can smell a fake. People can see like, mm, and people like authenticity. And so I think, you know, be your genuine self to keep doing more of what you currently do. You're, you're, you're your authentic self. You know, what I, I've met you, I mean, not in person, but I've had the pleasure of talking to you outside of, of Instagram, which maybe not everyone does. Maybe they just see you on Instagram. And I can say that I, you are, what I see on Instagram is what I feel like you are in. I don't feel like you're an imposter. I don't feel like you're fake. I don't feel like you are that person that it's like, oh, here's my, my Lamborghini. Like maybe, but like, it's more so just like you're here. Like you said, you're into biohacking and brain function and you just want to learn and you get that vibe. I do at least from your social. So I think to continue just to do that, to do what you do. Or when you're a girl your stories all the time she'll get you some yeah. I think it's too like a lot of girls are like posting in bikinis and like yeah uh, we talked yeah for sure like, I that and I don't want to I have integrity like I don't want my body all over the internet like that like yeah I I had a period in college where I did it <laughs> like like well, a year I was like yeah, I was like in my bikini. I was in Cabo, Cancun, like spring break, and just like I was young, I was stupid. But guess what? This huge college page posted me. I got like three thousand followers right away. Another one posted me. Another one posted me, and it just like people like sorry, but people are about that. They want to see naked hot girls, <laughs> and that's not what you yeah. are. So you don't want to. I don't know. That's hard. It's hard for men. It's definitely like you have to do more, you know, you can't just put a picture of your body up and be like, for for me, it all comes down to what your goal is. Like I have a very clear goal on, uh, for example, Instagram. I want to help our companies, of course. And I want to bring value to, let's say our target group. And by giving them value, I hope that the law of reciprocity will uh, come into effect at some point without uh, worrying too much about, you know, like how many likes or how many followers, because, you know, I, a few years ago, I gave a speech on on some stage and it was really boring because um, GDPR came out and it was really a big thing. And I, I uh, um, produced a whole course on it and I went to a course myself. I, I got a GDPR expert. So this is data protection expert certificate because in Europe, you could be sued and you could, and the penalty could be millions without a court ruling, you know, ruling it, you know. So 
I so so I gave the speech about GDPR and there was at the same it was at some event and at the same time there was someone else giving a speech about you know something more interesting something like traffic and conversion and I had very few guys sitting there like not not a lot but um, I still gave my speech about this boring topic GDPR because I felt like it was important and nobody really had a clue what to do because you know politicians came out with these ideas of how it should be but the business reality looked very very different so you have to kind of apply it and kind of make it work so uh, so you don't make mistakes or as the, the least amount of mistakes possible and I gave a speech about this and there were people you know there were just a handful of people but they were really picking up on it and they really valued this information and some of those people who sat there turned out later to be one of our biggest vendors on the German platform. So it's uh, so so for me I what what did I learn from it? I learned from it that um even if the audience is small don't worry about it. If if you really give good value, if you really give good information and it comes from your heart and you really want to help people, then something good will happen. Oh, and sure. and and that's that's the most important thing and this is like this is our and my whole business philosophy and whole company. And um, yeah, and I think, and that really taught me a lesson because at first, I, of course, I felt very embarrassed, you know, being on stage and there were just like, you know, 10, 20 people. And this was like this huge, it was a big stage, you know, and, and that I, I, I hate the pictures of it because it looks like a rehearsal, you know, the actual thing. Like when I posted like a picture of that, then the comments were, oh, I, oh, nice rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, rehearsal. Uh, sure. Yeah. But, but oh, no, nobody yeah. was interested in that topic. Was, and I didn't understand why was nobody interested in that topic because the threat, if you, the threat was so big. If you, if you make a mistake about GDPR, you could be sued by yeah. millions, millions yeah. for yeah. a little stupid thing you forgot. Yeah. And it's it's legal and it and it doesn't need a court to judge you for that. It doesn't need a court rule. So it, sorry, go ahead. I just it's like quantity over quality. Would you rather have like a thousand friends or like ten good, close, genuine friends? Your car breaks down yeah. on the side of the road, you can call them and they're gonna come help you. Yep. You know, you're having a bad day. You need to call someone and cry. Like you have a small group of people that genuinely care. I know a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So, and the people that are sitting there taking notes are the people that you're on the same level with mentally on a business level, on a mental level. Mm -hmm. And I would rather be around five or 10 people like that than 50 people that don't give a shit what I'm saying. Yeah. Listening Absolutely. to me. Same thing with music. I played some shows before where there's like, you know, a thousand people in the crowd, which is awesome. Um, but then half the time like they're talking, they're not really, they're not looking at you, they don't really care. And I've also played shows where there's five people in the audience. And at the time we felt like how you feel like, oh, this looks horrible, but they are fully engaged. They're watching the entire time. They're, they're getting something out of it. And I think it goes back to like that. If you can move one or two people who cares if you have a, an audience of you know thousands or millions if they're not getting anything from it if your if your true goal is to impact people's lives and change them for the better then that you know small group that you had that was in there taking notes you actually affected their lives and their business for the better 
you know, so that's me. And that's word of mouth. That'll go on to be like, oh, I saw this amazing um, presentation by Sven. He's so smart. You should check him out. Oh, who's Sven? You know, it just starts that kind of like, because now, now they have trust in you. Now you yeah. essentially, you're protecting their business and their interests. And now they have, they feel rapport. Now you're there for them and not just somebody that's just like giving out. Yeah. Like, matter, you know and, what I mean? And I've, I've seen this effect. Um, uh, my assistant, uh, Lisa, she she told me um, that that she's in several mastermind groups because she's also very interested and she likes to learn. And her mastermind group uses our software code channel. Mm -hmm. You know, this, the software where you can build funnels and membership areas and stuff like that. And, um, and she told me, she asked her peer group, like, uh, oh, you're using code channel. What a nice uh, coincidence. How come? So how did you get there? And they told her, well, it was through Sven and we followed Sven on Instagram and we watched videos wow. of his and we checked out his conversations, how he behaves, what he says, what his energy is. And based on that, and then we looked at the uh, recruiting page so that we could see how the team interacts, how, what kind of energy they have, how they think, how they talk. And based on that, they made their buying decision for that funnel and membership builder software. So they yeah. didn't even look, they didn't, didn't even take a look at this funnel and membership software. Like I, you know, I wrote a half, half an hour uh, um, sales letter and, you know, went in front of the camera and really explained everything very well. No, they made their decision solely based on everything else, like yeah. on Instagram stories, interviews with yeah. Third party people and stuff they like that. They already liked so, you. There's something about it. They already yeah. liked Yeah. And I'm sure and, you've heard like you, it takes people six interactions yeah. on social media before they take an action. And it actually went up from like six to like over 20. It takes yeah. them weird times scrolling past them, watching their stories, hearing them talk, liking their picture 20 times. Then they'll make a buying decision. And yeah. so it led up to that. Yeah. And it pays and, off. And, And this is why, in my opinion, being an entrepreneur, you need to be on all those social media platforms and you need to put content out there. You cannot, and you have to do it yourself. I mean, you can have a team support you and stuff, but uh, you need to put yourself out there so that people can feel you and, yeah. and can make a qualified buying decision. Yeah, no. so... This is actually brings me to a good point. I, on the side, I help. There's a real estate agent that is here in Boise and she reached out to me and was like, I like the way you do social media. Can you run my account? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, it's fine. Like, I'll take a look. And it's hard because I can make cool, pretty posts and like this house is for sale and put pictures, but I have no content of her as a realtor. Yeah. So like no one is gonna, no one cares. No one gives a shit about this pretty picture of a house. There's so many accounts that show that. Yeah. So I'm literally like, I need you to pick up your phone and like yeah. show the house, show you in the house. Yeah. Yeah. The computer making a deal, take a picture of the clients you're working with signing the paper. Yeah. You know, that's what people care about. I could sit here and post 20 things a day and it's not going to do you any good. So I agree. You do have to do it yourself. 
yeah. to an extent you can have support but people need to see you see, like, they, yeah it's that authenticity it goes back to that they want to know that, that they're talking to the the real person and that person is genuine if you enjoyed this episode hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of svencast again <laughs>